Content presents the Screen Raiders podcast. I'm Joe Alaberti, here as always with Joe T. Say hi, Joe T. Hello, gang. And of course, the bluest of blue collars, Blue Collar Steve. Greetings to all our loyal listeners out there. Currently wearing a blue collar. Yeah, currently. Control <laughs> my long sleeve. Currently wearing blue collar. I hope that our, our last guest, our friend Bob, really enjoyed that intro uh and i think there was a little bit more life in there than normal but today's a very special day listen every, we're, we're not doing fucking marvel today okay yeah, let, 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 let's give everyone just kind of kind of tell everyone our mindset as to why we're, we took this week off yeah thanks i was gonna do that okay no fucking <laughs> marvel today okay we took the week off we're at the halfway point we think we're at a good place to pause and we're gonna talk about a couple of punishment movies some trivia losers having to watch some movies that they may or may not have enjoyed. Uh, and then we're going to talk about The Northman. Kind of a big deal that's come out in the last month or so that a lot of people have seen or and are talking about, are discussing. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that. The first thing we're going to do today is we are going to um, talk about a little movie called The Tree of Life. 2011... <laughs> Terrence Malick. It was a punishment for Blue Collar Steve getting some game wrong. Which 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 episode did he fail I, at? I I think it was the uh, it was box office what, mania. Yeah, what made more money? Yeah. Oh yeah, box box office mania. Yeah. Um. So, you know, Tree of Life is 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 like kind of at this point, it's ten or eleven years old, and it's pretty much lauded as like a as a classic of the last decade it was on every top 10 list of the last decade yeah it, it was one of the only movies that came out last decade or i don't know in like the last that i can remember that like wasn't a huge tentpole blockbuster that sort of like captivated the film community in a really uh, gripping way so um we made steve watch it and steve is going to give you the blue collar quickie synopsis right now. So Steve, please, for the listening pleasure of our viewers, of our listeners, please talk about and tell us about the tree of life. I, I just want to preface by saying I just got the quickie synopsis dropped on me about three minutes ago. So this is going to all be off the cuff. Uh, okay. The tree of life, 2011, directed by Terrence Malick. <laughs> Movie opens up with a quote from the book of Job. Flash cut. Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain playing with their child. Another flash cut. The child is now dead that they learned via from a telegram. Another jump in time to Sean Penn, who is now the oldest son of Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt. Very successful architect, it looks like, living in Texas. He starts having all these crazy feelings, thinking about back to when he was a kid with his, you know, before his brother died and his father and mother were trying to teach him, do you, you know, you're going to live like nature. You're going to live like grace. Uh, jump cut the creation of the universe on some, what can only be described as some Alex gray slash tool level visuals that I wish I was high on drugs for that scene was bonkers jump cut. We are now evolving into the dinosaurs. The dinosaur gets hurt by the side of a river of a lost raptor chooses not to kill it. Bang! Asteroid blows up the Earth. Jump cut again. 
Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain now have three kids. The kids are all growing up. The oldest one, who is Sean Penn, starts learning, you know, what it's like being a boy. Kind of hates his father. His father kind of hates him. Uh, they go back and forth. He starts fucking off, like, when the father's on a business trip by vandalizing things. He sends a frog to the moon. Um, mm. And then frog it basically... Yeah, and then it basically just, you know, shows him that, you know, he wants to live one way, but he doesn't know if that's the right way because of what his father and his mother were teaching him. Jump cut, Sean Penn in an elevator in Houston, Texas, going up, somehow enters an alternate dimension where he sees everybody that he's ever loved on earth die that has died on some sort of beach. Walks up to them, seems to make his peace with his father and his parents, sees his dead brother. And then Jessica Chastain, what'd she say? She goes, I give him to you, which is obviously, you know, giving him to God. And then it goes back to Sean Penn and he feels like he's just at peace with everything. And that's the end of the movie. Excellent. Now, Steve, tell us though, Steve, tell us, what's this movie about? What does it mean to you? <laughs> I don't tell know. There, there wasn't a tree uh, you know, in it. You know, you just gave us a, a, a you know, a, you know, a kind of a kind of a Wikipedia kind of rundown. Tell me what it meant to you. As, you know, at times I literally thought I was sitting in my theology class at Malden Catholic. Really? You know, like I like like all I could think about was Mrs. Morris and yelling at me to watch the Tree of Life. You know, if she if she's still with us, I would like her to know that I watched it. Um, I don't know that there was a lot of religious themes in it, like the whole nature and hold grace on, part. Steve. You said. You said yesterday, you texted us when you were 30 minutes into it, and you said, this movie, all caps, sucks. <laughs> I <So>. did. One, <laughs> so. minute, one, one minute I'm looking at Brad Pitt. You know, he's like playing catch with his kid. The next thing I know, the dinosaurs are in it. I thought I was watching Jurassic Park. I think, Steve. I think. listen, the movie was completely lost on my feeble brain with this. Maybe I need to watch it again. I mean, it did suck. Like, I, I don't know. I would never really seek to watch this out again. Maybe if it was like, I don't know, maybe you start with the creation of the world and then you go leading up to Brad Pitt and all that. Because the dinosaur, if you remember, that kind of brings up grace and nature because that sure. big dinosaur could have killed that little one, but he didn't. But that was also grace and nature because nature would have said the dinosaur would have killed the smaller dinosaur and ate it because that's, just, you know, nature. But he decided to choose grace and let him live. So it could have been like building up, Steve. Yes. Could have been building up towards like, then you see the kids growing up, the kid dies. The other kid doesn't know what to do. And I don't know the the whole out of order and the the cutting back and like the like weird dialogue, like where they're talking, but they're not talking on screen. Like that's obviously them praying to God, but it's just, I I don't know, man. Louis totally lost. Also, also, can you tell me what a flash cut is? I mean, you don't even know. I thought thought you would know. I I don't even know. I I, I thought I heard you say that a few times when I was out in Hollywood, but I guess I was wrong. Joe Travia, you liked this picture. Yeah. I I was kind of stunned. So I, I should say I had a few beers last night. Uh, Came home, hit the pen. I was feeling pretty good. And I was like, fuck, I got to watch this movie. I threw it on. And like, I honestly, Steve, I got to give you props. You know, I never do that. That was a pretty good synopsis because I wouldn't have been able to put that together. The movie just like it. And I think this is kind of what I found to be. I, it's so hard for me to put this into words, but Joe, I, what I want to say is like, I totally see why like the film how do I want to say film cunts like yourself. I totally see why, why you're, you're ilk like this movie because like it totally it operates like completely outside the structure of what you normally go like 
we've been watching Marvel movies for two months. I'm used to fucking aliens flying out of the sky and like you know people shooting like lasers out of Thor. their hands. Yeah, Thor with his <laughs> hammer, and then like you're like on tree of life and it's like jumping back and forth between like a creationism arc and like the arc of like a uh, of like a boy growing into a man and like dealing with grief and loss and relationship all while watching like how like everything comes together like in life and it's like it's it was truly like one of a kind movie i've never seen anything like it like i like what do you like what movie would you even compare that to that like i would have seen joe I don't know, probably another Terrence Malick movie. Yeah, see, I've never there's, seen them. Like, there's, there's not. See, like you say it, like me and my ilk like this kind of movie, <laughs> but you, you haven't seen it, and you're, you're, you're gushing over this movie. You love well, this movie. I, so the thing, like I said to Joe, I said to Joe offline earlier today. I was talking with him, and like immediately when I was done with this movie, it was like two in the morning. I was exhausted at this point, stoned, maybe a little buzzed. I was like. I went right to Reddit and I was just like looking at like any theory explanation. And the interesting thing about it, like Steve, like you were trying to say, I don't even know what this movie is about. It's like, there is no universal opinion on what this movie means. Like it's some people say like one thing, like it's about, you know, just like life and death and grace and, and like, uh, and like the wild and stuff. And, and other people are just saying, Malik just like makes these things for you to see like sensory and he leaves it up to the viewer to decide what it's about it's like no one can agree and now I was like reading about it and I'm like holy fuck I don't even know what I thought it was like well look <laughs> at, at, its, at its most basic it's a story about a family in Texas who loses a son and the mother and father and the, the family as a whole are grieving him and they go through this grieving process and I think they have another son at some point. Yeah, uh, so right. it's a story. Yeah, they do. It's, yeah, they do. So it's right. So it's a story about their family. It's a story about how it's a story about a conservative family in like blue collar Texas, America. So, um, but then it like tries to, it, 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 it doesn't tell that narrative in a conventional way at all. Um in thinking about other comps for this, and this is kind of crazy. I don't. I, I think I've heard other people talk about 2001: A Space Odyssey. In I was thinking that same life. thing. What the what the visuals and the and the the score were similar. Because to 2001: A Space Odyssey is not about a uh, couple of guys in space and yeah, AI. no, no, not at all. Yeah, right. It's just like how Tree of Life is not just about a, a couple of people in Texas. It's it's about something way bigger. It's about, say that that's a footnote is the family stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 really a story about like, I mean, I mean, they talk about it. Grace. It's a story about heaven. It's a story about the afterlife. It's a story about God. It's a story about it's a story about humanity. It's a story about you know where life comes from and how how our small lives, our little lives, connect to the larger, greater cosmos. You know, and I think that's what he was doing. That's what he was trying to show. He was trying, uh, you know, to, to go back to Steve's point with the dinosaurs, he was, you know, the movie starts off with uh, a voiceover about grace. What is grace? You know, uh, and then Steve very astutely brought up the, the thing with, with the dinosaurs where the, where the dinosaur doesn't kill the other one. And it's like, oh, so we're seeing all of these 
instances of grace, not just through humanity, but from the beginning of time. Very interesting, very interesting way to tell a story. I want to know how much money Sean Penn got for that because he was on screen for literally nine minutes. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Sean Penn goes into that and says, "Hey, here's here's my fee." I that's think, just to work with. Here's <laughs> my that's, fee. That's just to work with Terrence Malick, right? Bills like, in the mail. Yeah. So 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 Terrence Malick is funny because Terrence Malick made in 1973 a movie called Badlands, which was like this this breakout American like sensation with Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. That was his first film. Five years later, he makes Days of Heaven, which is like another phenomenal kind of legendary film because, uh, you know, the, the, the mythology behind this movie is that basically he had a crew working all day, but he would never roll the camera unless it was magic hour. So he would have a crew there all day and they would shoot in the morning, fuck around all day and then shoot when the sun was going down. And they did that for several months and that's how they made that movie. That was 1978. He did not work for 20 years until the thin red line in 1998. So he took 20 years off. He's kind of like this legendary dude who made these two legendary films that all of these filmmakers, Scorsese, Coppola, you know, Spielberg, all of them, you know, greatly admired him. And then he disappears. And he's and 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 if you try and find a photograph of him online, there's maybe one or two of them. Like he 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 doesn't go to premieres. Uh, he doesn't do interviews. Um, he it, he has no public persona at all. And so when he came back with the thin red line, it was just kind of like business as usual. You know, he he cast I forget who it was. I think it was Adrian Brody was cast in the lead in, in the lead role in the thin red line. And he was completely cut out of the movie. Like there's <laughs> maybe maybe one Correct. scene. I don't I don't even remember. Um, but the thin red line is also this really poetic ethereal kind of kind of film and then steve you've seen the new world i think yep. right that was mm -hmm. his next movie that's like eight years later and then five or six years later again it's the tree of life uh and the tree of life was like this huge monumental hit in the film world in the film community i, I definitely can see what travi was talking about though when he was reading about it and said half the people were cheering and half the people were booing it I don't remember any of that, dude. All I remember in 2011 was seeing this movie the night before July 4th in Worcester by myself and seeing posts and signs up at the theater saying, we will not be giving any refunds to anybody who buys a ticket to the Tree of Life um, because people were walking out of it. I don't know if they were walking out of it in Cannes or in Venice or, so, or, like, or like a film festival, but I think people were, were, were buying a ticket to a Brad Pitt movie and they didn't know they were going to a Terry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's um, a good point. Yeah. A, and, it's and, like I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, you know, um, I think that, but I think that kind of helped the movies, you know, uh, lore or like mythology in a way, because um, for the last decade or so, when you say Tree of Life, people's ears perk up and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they tell you about their Tree of Life story. Like, oh, yeah, I saw it here. Or I had a friend who was in Cannes that year and she was like, I, I, I saw it three times in Cannes. Uh, when oh. I was there, it was just everybody was talking about it. Nobody could stop talking about it. Huh. I can yeah. see why. I mean, it's just like, it's, I, I mean, I haven't seen any other Terrence Malick stuff, but like this was just so outside of like 
anything I've done, I've I've seen for a movie. And like, no, it I is. can see why people hate it, and I can see why people love it. It was, but I was like, I, I was very intrigued by it the whole time. I, I've said it what is, I said. I've said what I said about it. I'm. It was completely out of my comfort zone to watch that movie, but I'm glad that I actually sat. Oh, down and here comes it. the here comes the backtrack. Not backtrack. Here comes the blue collar blue collar backtrack. I still thought it sucked, but I'm glad that I watched it because now no, I can because no, now on, I can. Dude. Sure, did it suck Steve, or do you not Steve, like it doesn't it? suck a dip, dude. A it doesn't suck because the visuals in the the score it's, are it's amazing. a fucking that was probably the best part of the beautiful movie. it's a beautiful beautiful movie it's insanely beautiful come jessica on jessica chastain might be the new kidman though she don't be she ain't careful no 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 chastain's oh jessica really chastain's lovely what are you talking yeah, about yeah yeah chastain is great dude this was one of this was a pretty early role for her so I was gonna pretty, say I don't, I don't remember hearing about her until pretty pretty yeah. funny story. Uh, uh, our guest last week, Bob, told I was talking to him last night about uh, about Tree of Life. I told him I was watching it, asking what he thought about it, and I don't remember the movie it was, but he said that um, he was setting up uh, equipment in Jessica Chastain's tent a few years back. She kept saying that after the Tree of Life came out. Um, all the the big film uh, companies just kept trying to cast her as a mother because they loved her so mm. much. And he was like, oh, honestly, yeah. I don't even remember her in the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She doesn't yeah. really speak. Well, well, that's the thing is that like there, there are no like dialogue scenes in no. that movie. It's just like vignettes or it's just like the camera is like a fly on the wall and someone's, someone's like, you know, sitting down or taking a nap or walking through their house or Sean Penn's riding an elevator or, you know there's no like or, or and then there's all this voiceover that's that's sort of um you know telling us part of the story of telling us their thoughts and it's like whispering and they're telling us a secret or something so it's it's um the and, and then how about the scene where like they're eating dinner and the and the kid is misbehaving and that's like um brad pitt sort of like flips out and hits him right yeah, it was the other one too where he made the kid like open and close the screen door 50 times because he yeah. slammed yeah. it yeah, yeah but like they're not head dad yeah, yeah but they're not yeah. scenes you know what i mean they're not like they're not like um classically constructed scenes with like tension and like we need to have like uh one character wants this one character wants that kind it's of a jump cut <laughs> no no <laughs> you know it's um it's it's just like all of these slices of life two and a half hours and it and and the and the and the um what's the what's the what's the what's the what's the phrase that i'm looking for like the jump jump cut <laughs> no, <laughs> no the 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 whole are greater than the the parts are the parts are greater than the whole greater than the sum yeah greater than the sum yeah. parts yeah so you know that's, what joey you know what now that you're describing it you know what movie this does actually remind me of uh, Steve, I don't know if you've seen it. It's with Casey Affleck, a ghost story. So, yeah, like, kind of. Yes. So, like, all that movie is is like Casey Affleck dies at the beginning, and like, he's literally just under a bedsheet, like in the background of the movie, like at the house where like it, it's his wife, right? There's his girlfriend. It's Rooney Mara, yeah, 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 yeah. Rooney Mara. Like, there's a scene where she just is eating a piece of pie for like. 10 minutes with no no dialogue and she's just sitting there and Casey Affleck just in the background and like a, as a ghost and you just have to watch and like this kind of actually will parallel to body double Joe I think that's actually now that you bring it up that way where we're, we're going to get into my punishment and it's like 
more of the movie is like less dialogue heavy and more like you have to watch and understand like, connect everything to, you have to participate in it yes it's not just the steve steve reads wikipedia and looks up every 30 seconds <laughs> yeah you know well, steve, <laughs> what was the experience like reading wikipedia on the tree of life could it did it help you follow along at all or, or, or like did you have oddly to rewind? how many times did you rewind oddly enough i only looked after i watched it okay all right that's good because it was kind of easy to follow along but it was just like what, what the fuck is happening see i found it completely difficult to follow along i just things are just happening they just jump they just there's not really anything to follow there's no plot there's no, yeah, there's it no was plot. like five really minutes later i got something i'm like oh okay that makes sense there's not really anything to follow. You're just you, you, you're supposed to be a, you're supposed it was to almost like you were flying like related right? to your own life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's supposed to mean something to you, I think. I don't think I don't think it's like Chinatown where there's like something unfolding on the screen, you know what I mean? That you have to follow. I don't think that's the case at all. I fucking love Chinatown. So, so Steve, but, in, in two sentences or, or three sentences or less, what do you think that this movie meant? What 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 is what is are all the parallels? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> as a believer in Jesus Christ, you know, I think this kind of shows you two ways that you could live. Yeah. And what are those two ways? Yeah. You know, yeah, you don't want to elaborate on that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm getting hungry. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. Steve, blue collar Steve has nature. a dinner appointment. Grace and nature. Okay. Blue collar Steve, you have a dinner appointment with your girlfriend, your girlfriend's dog and your mother. And we are going to let you go. Thank you're you. you you have fulfilled your punishment and um do you have any parting shots yeah i can't wait till we can get back to talking about aliens falling from the sky and laser beams and i have a lot to say about ant-man specifically michael douglas so we will see you next week okay steve bye-bye and enjoy body double in the northman thank you okay. bye bye thank steve bye-bye all right, Joe T. You can All see. Right. Tell the pe- tell the tell the people the shirt that I have on. Go so, ahead. So Joe A has a a body double shirt with uh, and, I believe. And who is that? Who is, who is that? that? That's the porn star. I can't honestly. I I watched this movie like three weeks ago. I don't completely remember her name. Let me look it up. Is it her Holly name? the body? Holly, Holly body. Holly body. Yeah, I knew it was Holly something. Holly body played by. That I don't know. Melanie Griffin. I see. I don't know her. She wasn't my favorite woman in the film. The first one that. It, so uh, should I give like a little synopsis here? You liked Gloria Reville. Well, Joe, it is your punishment. It's not my punishment here. Okay. So yes, go ahead. And I I, I wrote a quickie synopsis, but I and actually I'd I, rather you do it because I, I didn't write one and I kind of suck at it and I'm still embarrassed over that last one. I, I so I when I was watching this movie, I did a, a full play by play. It would legit take 12 minutes for me to get through the whole thing. It's pretty funny though. I this is another yeah. I actually deleted it. I, I didn't mean to as I we were having Zoom issues before. I, I restarted my computer and I lost it. Okay. Uh, now, look, there's a lot that's happening in this movie because it's very plot-driven. Uh, so I'm going to kind of breeze through it as fast as I can. There are things that I'll inevitably miss, and we'll touch on them later. Okay. Body Double, 1984, by the great, one of the greatest ever, Brian De Palma. Actor Jake Scully suffers from terrible claustrophobia, which makes it incredibly difficult for him to act in the low-budget vampire horror film he's currently employed on. He comes home from work one afternoon to find his girlfriend in bed with another man. He needs a place to stay and finds refuge in an acquaintance 
from an acquaintance in an acting class, Sam Bouchard. Sam offers to let Jake stay at the home he's house-sitting in the Hollywood Hills while he's in Seattle doing a play. While there, Sam lets Jake in on a secret. Every night at the same exact time, you can look through a telescope, down into a woman's window across the canyon, and watch her dance and masturbate. This is Gloria Reville. Jake notices a strange man watching her from the outside as he peers in. The next day, Jake follows Gloria to the mall and eventually to a seaside motel where she's apparently stood up. However, the strange man who was watching her, who we only know as, quote, the Indian, mugs Gloria and steals her purse. Jake chases after him, but his claustrophobia stops him in his tracks when the Indian runs into a tunnel. Gloria meets him back outside. He hands her his, her purse back, and they embrace, and they passionately kiss. Well, it turns out the Indian has stolen Gloria Reville's key card to her home. And that night, as Jake is watching again to see if she starts dancing, he breaks in and he murders her with a very large power saw. <laughs> Overly, tries, comically large. Jake tries to intervene, but he's too late. Okay, after the cops interrogate him, Jake is up late watching porn when he sees Holly Body, famous Hollywood porn star, dancing the same exact dance that Gloria did while he was peering through the telescope. It turns out that Gloria was never dancing at all in the window. It was always Holly Body, hired by Mr. Reville. Scully tries to tell Holly that she's been involved in a murder, and she leaves, offended. However, once outside, the Indian picks up Holly, and we find out that the Indian has been Sam Bouchard all along, the husband of Gloria Reville whom he was trying to kill. Scully follows them to a reservoir, a reservoir where he's knocked into a grave, his claustrophobia disempowering him until finally he rises to the occasion and kills Sam and saves Holly. The movie ends with Scully getting his job back, having conquered his claustrophobia back on the low budget vampire set with a body double. The motherfucking end he, he was with holly body at the end too right they they were uh kind of an item at that point no well she that? was well i mean she was on set watching yeah, I, yeah that's uh, what i figured that yeah i figured they yes. were this together yes all right joe uh joe t i know that you're gonna you 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 want to give a grade for this so go ahead and give it you can give your bullshit fucking like c minus or d plus go ahead and just no give I, it. I i gave this movie a b i actually kind of enjoyed oh, good. it good yeah it wasn't right, bad good. it wasn't bad it's like it's like I, I think it's purposely just like bizarre and like just absurd and just a ridiculous like like plot. <laughs> like, oh, well, dude, it's it's supposed to have a ridiculous plot. Because, yeah, like, I think that's like a point. all of yeah. the Thomas movies. Because if the plots weren't ridiculous, they would never work. Yeah, like this is you just know what I mean. You can see it coming. Well, you know what's coming a mile away. You know that that guy is. Uh, I, I don't even remember his name. Yeah, Sam. Sam. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I, I also I have to shout out. <laughs> I think this movie has the funniest line in the history of film is when is after uh, Scully uh, kisses the, the lady on the beach that he's been following around and he gets home and he's, he's like trying to rehearse the, uh, the voicemail that he's going to leave. <laughs> he's, he's talking. He's like, hey, uh, I'm the guy I almost fucked you on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was like pissing my pants. Oh my god, dude, it's so I good. Was, it was unbelievable. I was dying laughing at that. It's so good I, how he delivers it too. It's it, just it's unbelievable. Like, oh no, that ain't gonna work. He was like, yeah, he's like, oh, no, no. he was like, oh no, that that'll never work. I should, I should come up with something else. Oh, that was that was so funny. I, it really wasn't a bad movie though. Like I, it started off and like again, like maybe this is kind of an effect that like we've just been watching like these ridiculous Marvel movies that are just like you said, big budget theme park ride movies. And like I had, I was just so used to like the nonstop action, and then like I started watching Body Double, and it's like there is a solid that whole scene where he follows her at the mall. That's got to be twenty. 20 minutes oh, it's maybe it's more and it's fucking amazing there's like eight words spoken but it's actually captivating just the it's way ex- that it's happening well, it's it is captivating because yeah. of who you're following obviously yeah you she know? is I'm not on if you were following blue collar steve would, would it be as captivating <laughs> no i'd rather if i can no need to read wikipedia for that like <laughs> and 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 listen De Palma always talks about this he always talks about you know the the tools of movie making what makes movies interesting um and he always relates it back to hitchcock who sort of had the same ethos in in terms of story and telling stories um you know who who's interesting to photograph what's interesting to follow around you know what works in a horror film you know it's like we talked about a few weeks ago following around chris hemsworth it doesn't work he's not in danger but if you fall around someone who could be in danger, then it, it works. You know what I mean? Um, and it's completely and totally just visual the whole time. Uh, what are you looking at down there? I'm trying, I'm to- trying to remember. So the only other, uh, what's the movie, the Hitchcock movie where the, I'm trying to, I was looking for the name of it where like the guy's in the, uh, he's in a wheelchair and he's, he's rear the, window, rear window. Yes. Yeah, so that's what yeah. this movie reminded it's, me of. Well, dude, it's a complete takeoff on it. And yeah. Much like Rear Window, Body Double, if you think about it, and Vertigo, same thing. You know, these plots don't really make sense. I mean, the idea that, like, this guy in the acting class is looking for a folly and he, yeah. finds, he finds the perfect guy who needs a house at the perfect time yeah. to house it. You know, it's just like, it's kind of, it's, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if you pull it apart, you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. But the whole point of it. It's just go and sit down and watch it and have a good fucking time. It works like gangbusters. It's fucking unbelievable. It, it is like, and then like the whole claustrophobia thing was like, it was a nice little foil throughout the movie. Like when he's chasing the guy that, or he's chasing the, you know, the Indian man down like the, the yeah. tunnel and he immediately like just can't even make it halfway down. And then he steals yeah. the, uh, he steals the key card, but none of the money or anything. And it's like, all right, like you had to know like what was happening there. But that gets yes. the death scene where the dog like attacks him and then she gets hit with the power drill was absurd. <laughs> well, dude, for, you know, De Palma says, well, yeah, I had to get a tool that was big enough to go through her and through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, in the mid 80s, the women's groups were like coming after him because of Dress to Kill and because of Scarface, the violence against women in his movies. And, you know, of course, like he's like sitting there saying like, yeah, I want to photograph a woman being stalked. Like, that's interesting to me. So obviously the women's groups are like coming after him. So, I mean, there's the shot, Joe, from behind the guy where the power saw, the power drill is twisting around and it comes in between his legs. I mean, it becomes his dick. 
basically. Yeah. Right. So he fucking like basically power saws this per- this woman through the through through the ceiling, kills her, and it's all just this big phallic joke and this big phallic fuck you to the women's groups and the critics of the of the time, you know. Um, which when you look back on it is kind of that would never that would never fly today. Well, I think it. I think it would. I, yeah. I, I think, I think, um, I think, I think it happens. I, I think that there are groups today that are um, upset about certain films that get made, or people who are upset about certain things in films. Like that, that kind of stuff has always been there. Like you know, people judging someone's film against what's happening in that time. At that time, you know, for De Palma, uh, the women in his films were usually killed brutally stalked and people were like bringing it up in on in the news and the violence in his movies is terrible and the violence in his movies is you know hurting our kids and our culture and so it was just like okay if you if you think i've gone so basically he wanted to use body double to go as far as he possibly could with the ratings board and with all these and with all these groups um he wanted it to be rated x he wanted to do unsimulated sex he wanted to do that 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 murder scene with the with the drill. He wanted to cast a porn star instead of Melody Griffith. He wanted an actual porn star. Studio wouldn't let him do it. So he was doing all of these things as like these middle fingers back to all of these critics. It's an and 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 thre- and then at the end of it all, he comes up with he comes out on the other side with body double, which now is very well respected and. You know they're making T-shirts about it now, and, <laughs> and, and you know everybody loves it. Um, at the time, it was a bomb, but this is a great movie. This is a great. This is a great Bomba oh, movie. It bombed. It bombed. I didn't know that. I see. I didn't really like look at. Was it rated X? It. Uh, it was not rated X. I think. Or, I mean, I it, know, maybe it's, it was. It's maybe probably, it was. It's close. I mean, like that whole. I, that's a, like that was part of the, like that scene where like he just puts glasses on and then like now he's just a porn director and he just goes in and just like fucks her. It's like yeah. like what was happening there? Like I was like yeah. just watching it. I'm like one second a lady's getting murdered, next he's just fucking a porn star. I'm like what the like where is this movie going? It's like that's what's interesting about it is that it has these different acts. You know, like he the movie continues to evolve. You know, it's like you know, this movie about a guy who like is just spying on someone and then he continues to follow her and then she dies. And then it's like, it turns into, and then, but her death was this, all this big, was this big conspiracy that he uncovers. And that's what the third act is about. And the conspiracy involves a porn star. It, it just so happens to involve a porn star, yeah. you know? Um, so, and I, I like, there hasn't been anything like it, you know, since. Uh, that I can recall off the top of my head. Um, no, I've never seen anything like this one. Like, I mean, obviously, Rear Window I'd seen, but like, nothing recent is anything like this. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, this is a take on Rear Window with the telescope, and in Rear Window, it's with the camera, and yep. and of course, Vertigo. So in Vertigo, he's afraid of heights, and in this, he's afraid of he, you know, he small has claustrophobia. Spaces. Yeah, he's afraid of small spaces. Yeah. So, but if you if you if you're if you're coming up with a with a visual idea for a movie and you give your character these restrictions you give him these these fears or these things that he can't do it makes for great drama you're gonna find great drama anywhere oh let's have him run through a tunnel oh he can't run through a tunnel you know it's and it works it 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 doesn't make sense logically 
but it oh, works in a movie. It works in a movie. It works great in a movie. It, and and I and I think that's the Palma like winking at us, like, hey, you're you're watching a movie. Just have some fucking fun with it. You know, it like, was fun. Yeah. yeah. It, it it is fun. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're you're just watching a movie. There's some pretty horrific kills. Um, but you but remember, you're just watching a movie, have some fun with it. So it, that's the, the, like the thing I liked about it too is like or found interesting after was like like you said, like I said, like Scully doesn't speak for like 25 minutes, but like you still feel like you know a lot about him, even though he's not doing like saying anything or doing anything. And- yeah. And it's like, well, well, dude, it's like because he's a voyeur and now we're voyeuristic with him. It's like, why is he following her? But you know, I, I love know- being voyeuristic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh. I want to follow her, too. And that's part of what that's part of the that's one of the more primal aspects of in the enjoyment of movies is being voyeuristic is yeah. watching something that you shouldn't really see. That's what Brian De Palma really leans into with all of his movies. They're all like that. Um, or most of them. Um, and so he's following her for 20 minutes, not saying anything, but we're still interested. Yep. We're very, we still want to know, we want to know what's happening. And she's obviously this beautiful woman, like oh. she's not oh. she's very easy to look at, very easy to follow around um but then he like but then he 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 kills her right like in the most horrific (laughs) way and it's like oh my god there was her name debbie shelton you said deborah shelton uh is it deborah shelton i forget her name i I forget i forget um she is incredibly hot yep in this movie she sure holy shit yeah i think that was her first movie or one of her first movies well she was i i think she was like a super like um miss usa USA. yeah Yeah, i saw she miss usa yeah yeah, I mean, dude, De Palma, and, and this was Melanie Griffith's first movie, uh, and she's awesome as Holly Body. And dude, he wanted to cast an actual porn star. You know, he wanted to he wanted to really push the envelope. He wanted to have <laughs> unsimulated sex in the movie. Obviously, can't do that. He can't. No, no, no. Columbia. No, I mean, I mean, Columbia was owned by the Coca Cola Corporation at the time. Like, that's, they're not gonna let. You they know, weren't putting. They weren't putting Coke in the soda anymore. They were. Yeah, <laughs> family I mean, family the, friend, friendly. In the De Palma documentary, there's a funny line. He's just like, uh, you know, he 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 talks about you know Coca Cola owning that studio at the time, and you know the executives coming down to stage five and saying, "Are you testing porn stars here?" <laughs> <laughs> So, but I, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'm glad you watched it. Are you going to try and see good any more of his movies? Or what? Uh, well, I've seen Scarface. Like what else are the big ones to watch? Like I, I wasn't like, I know he did Mission Impossible, but like, I don't, yeah. I don't like know if I've seen like anything else. So the movies like this, these movies are like Brian De Palma genre movies. These are like, this is a genre that he sort of kind of invented. Um, and you got to, you got to see Blowout and you got to see Dress to Kill. Those are the ones you get to see. If you yeah. can watch two more, just watch Blowout and Dress to Kill. Carlito's Way is pretty big too, isn't it? That's one of my favorites of his. I love Carlito's Way. Yeah. A femme Fatale, I actually think I saw back in the day. I'm just looking yeah, at his, Rebecca his Romain. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Antonio Banderas. And re- yeah, there's a very steamy sex scene in that. Film yeah, too yeah. For, yeah. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a voyeur. <laughs> yeah all right so so body double gets a b i'm very happy to hear that that's good what do you what do you give it i mean look i i love brian de Palma. I, yeah. I i and i love this movie um you know i don't do grades joe okay uh, you, but, you give some marble grades but i give this a very very high grade 
Okay. I, I, I love this movie. I watched it when, when you were watching it, I probably watched it that week three times. Really? I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because I was, I was getting ready to, um, I was getting ready to shoot something and I was, and I was looking at a lot of Brian De Palma's stuff because I just get so inspired to, to, you know, before a shoot by looking at them because he is such a pure and natural filmmaker, just uses the camera in the most interesting ways. So I, any, I, I, yeah, I watched it several times. Are there any steamy sex scenes in your new short? No, there aren't. Sorry. Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> next maybe, time, maybe next time. Yeah. That'll be Steve right. Murray's, Steve Murray's punishment. He can be the next star. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> You'll All never right. Again. Here we go. Let's finish up here. Uh, let's do 10 minutes on The Northman. So we should say spoiler alert here. If you haven't seen The Northman. Yeah, if you haven't seen The Northman, beat it. But uh, look, The Northman. I don't know, Joe. Go ahead. You go first. You go first. <laughs> I want you to go. So, I mean, just to give a, you haven't seen it, um, Alexander Skarsgård, he is a prince of like a Viking tribe, uh, I don't know you say Viking tribe, city, village, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. His father um, is Ethan Hawke, who is actually, I thought he was going to be more, him and Willem Dafoe are like two of the, well, Willem Dafoe is like the jester, but he's like the, the uh, I don't even know like what he was called. Like I, he like does all the, uh, the Viking ceremonies and everything. And yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, basically, this is a story about a guy, about a kid whose father is killed uh, by his uncle, and the uncle then weds his mother, uh, and the kid is cast off, and he swears revenge many years later as an adult. So here's like... It, it is basically uh, Hamlet. It's Hamlet, and, and, and about three quarters through the movie, you hear the main character Skarsgård's name, and it's Amleth. It's like okay, yeah. this this actually is Hamlet now. Like, oh well, I guess is, it's an actual Norse mythology, like myth. Like this is like yeah, a, but it's it's gonna be mythology, yeah, yeah, like a okay, play on either, Hamlet. Yeah, sure, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's probably based off of Hamlet in like, but like from from the Norse mythology. So I had super high hopes for this movie, like. I think Robert Eggers is super, is very, very talented. I, I like, obviously the witch is good. I thought the lighthouse was fucking incredible. I love that movie. It was just like chaotic and nuts. And I just really thought that this was going to be like, it looked super violent and just like detailed. And it, it was at times, but like the thing that like, I, I, so I didn't know the story going in at all. Obviously you would think that like, you know, Skarsgård is, uh, Amleth like would go and take like the the fight like the village back that he lost the kingdom back whatever it is but it's like then they tell him that Fjolnir has been exiled to Iceland and he's just like a he's like a farmer and it's like he, he goes back and it's like you see a lot of it's like a lot of like Skarsgård being a slave and it's like all right like I think so. I've talked. Did you end up liking the movie? What was your like final take on it? I, you liked it at first. It feels like you've cooled. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I I liked it. I you know the one thing I've said about it is that I think that for a filmmaker like Eggers, it's an extremely conventional movie. You take a movie like The Witch and the Lighthouse. Those, those are movies, fucked up. Yeah, those, those movies are... aren't conventional no. narratives at no. all. I mean, he completely turned the horror genre on its head with the witch and then the lighthouse is just 
something totally different. I don't even know how you describe that. It's uh, yeah, same. Yeah. And then and then this is just sort of this is your average run of the mill revenge story. Yeah, conventional. Um, you know, I think that we were all hyped up because it was like we were promised this ultra violent Viking movie. I gotta tell you, half the time. I didn't even know I was watching a Viking movie. Yeah, except for except for those like little twenty minute spurts where like I think it felt the movie. I don't know if this is the right word for it. It felt so pretentious to me. Like like Eggers was just lecturing to the audience, like, "Oh, I know a lot about Norse mythology. Like now I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give you guys a history lesson here." Like that whole scene where like he goes into the cave and it's like it's supposed to be Willem Dafoe's character, but it's just his skeleton it's just his bones and he's like you have to go in and like get the sword from like another demon and he goes in and he like fights the demon and like beheads it and takes the sword but then like the camera jump cuts and it's like that didn't happen and it's like he just has the sword now it's like a lot of it just didn't make like just like didn't work well on screen for me and it's like then like the whole thing where like Anya Taylor-Joy is like putting she puts like psychedelics, like mushrooms in the people's food and they're like killing yeah. it, like each, they're themselves. And like that all just like, just like starts happening on screen. And it's like very little like setup. Mm. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I was just like expecting like more of a story. It just like, wasn't that like, it was just like these like little, like, like spurts of, of like violence between like, like uh, uh, tales of Norse mythology. I, I don't know. It just, it didn't like land for me. I was just like, I don't want to say I was bored, but like, I wasn't like invested in it. I didn't really like learn anything from it. Uh, I remember walking away from the witch and being absolutely terrified. Like yeah, what I took, yeah, like, like, what, scary as shit. Like what I took away from that movie was like, I'm scared to go to sleep tonight. Okay. <laughs> uh, and what I took away from the lighthouse was, never seen anything like that and then you have this and it's like well i've seen a lot of things like this and i know that it 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 may have been cracked up to be or it may have been advertised as something that was going to be completely and utterly different but it just wasn't it was just it was macbeth and hamlet in a viking world yeah and um it was so much less epic than I thought it was going. That's to a great way to say it. Yeah. It was, it was like, so instead of like this uncle becoming like the fucking big cheese and like a David and Goliath story, which who the fuck wouldn't want to see on a, on, in a, in, on like the scale of the Vikings who wouldn't want to see that. But instead it was not David versus Goliath. It was just like a poor guy versus another he's got a farm with like 10 slaves he's just like exiled into the middle of nowhere iceland and it's like oh like it just yeah. felt like to me like maybe the witch in the lighthouse set the expectations too high because like both times i when i saw those movies I, I didn't see the witch in theaters i saw it at home after i saw the lighthouse yeah i remember walking out of the lighthouse being like what the fuck did i just watch i don't even know but i loved it and like yeah this movie is just like oh like it's like a big budget, like, uh, like yeah, classic revenge tale where he like goes back and like ends up killing the guy that like killed his family. And it's like, I, I don't know. Like it, the funny thing was, is like, 
I thought Alexander Skarsgård was good. Like Anya Taylor Joy is always good. She's great. Um, I won't say anything about Kidman. She was whatever. But like she stunk. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. But then, like other than that, it's like there's just no other characters really, and it's just like I don't know. I just it just felt so run of the mill. And it's worth pointing out that they how much did they give him to do this? Like seventy million? No, I think it was ninety. If this movie was a kind of a flop, I, it didn't hit seventy in the box office yet. I know that it's like sixty five. Well, looked it up earlier. Listen, man, you know when you're making a movie like this that costs ninety million dollars, that is, um, you know that you know where you need a you you essentially have to miscast this movie. Like Nicole Kidman is not good in this movie; she's not right for this movie, but she is a recognizable face that you can slap on a movie poster in any country and people will go, Oh yeah, shit. A new Nicole Kidman movie. And look, Oh, it's, Oh, it's Vikings. Okay. If you take a movie that was, that costs probably uh, a quarter of this, like everything everywhere all at once, which we should talk about, by the way, just quickly. the only, so, so everything everywhere all at once also has great directors. Like Eggers is a great director. It has a great script. I don't know about the script that they wrote. I mean, it seems okay. But the thing that Everything Everywhere has is the most appropriate, correct casting choices for a movie of that size that I've ever seen. And that's why it came out and it crushed it and it's still doing well. It's complete, not to mention it's completely unique and original. Um, but it's got an unbelievable cast of characters that are perfect, uh, that fit the roles. Jamie Lee Curtis as this, as this sort of uh, accountant or this IRS person this, this is fucking <laughs> this bitch yeah. is unbelievable. And for a twenty million dollar movie, that's a that's a great nab. And of course, the inimitable Michelle Yeoh as the lead. She's just fucking electric what else and is she in crouching tiger hidden dragon She's oh okay that's right that's right um i mean she so dude like the, the the whole cast of that movie and the story of that movie is electric and standalone right and and the northman is just like it feels like somebody who wants to get up there and tell this mythological tale you know about these Vikings and make something badass, but really at the end of the day, it's not as badass as fucking everything. No, ever, no, no, it not really even, wasn't not even close, not even close, dude. And sorry. It got, it got clobbered by everything everywhere all at once at the, the box office. Like I think, what is it? Uh, I think everything everywhere is a 24s highest grossing movie now. Highest grossing movie of all time. And if you notice a 24 wouldn't touch the Northman with 10 foot pole. For ninety million dollars, no, never do it. No, it, 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 they it just don't no do sense. that. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. It makes it, it it makes no sense to 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 do that for them when they could go and they could finance, you know, Disappointment Boulevard or you know, better yet, Everything Everywhere, uh, and make a shit ton of money off of it uh, because they know how to release movies theatrically and they know how to they know how to market movies to make people want to go see cool movies. And, you know, the Northman didn't have any of that. The marketing for the Northman sucked. The poster sucked. The poster uh, didn't the, have the name on it. The trailer the, the, sucked. Yeah. 
They, the poster like was, in New York City, they did not say the Northman on it. It was yeah. just a picture of like Skarsgård and like all the, rest I saw of the that. characters. Yeah, I saw like, that. And people were saying, oh, did they do this on purpose? So people look up what it is. It's like, if they did that on purpose, it's not a good, it's still not a good marketing move. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, yeah, there's no title. Great. But overall, you know, I feel like the two big, uh, medium-sized dramas or medium-sized in this day and age they would be the two medium-sized dramas that aren't you know the two non-superhero theatrical movies it was supposed to be the northman and everything everywhere and everything everywhere ate its lunch oh it was so much better like i everything everywhere all at once if you guys haven't seen it if you're a listener drop anything you're doing i think it's still in theaters um it had an extended release. I think they just kept it in. Go see it in theaters. It's one of the wildest theater experiences I've had ever. Like, it is fucking nuts. Like, it is. You know what? So, tie back to Marvel, which is what we've been doing. I ended up going to see the new Doctor Strange. And that's also a multiverse movie. And I think that my overall feelings of that movie were were kind of hurt a little bit because I had just seen everything everywhere like two weeks prior. And I'm like, it's nowhere near that like that type of movie in the multiverse genre. It's like, oh, okay, like eh, whatever. Like well, se- second know, where it's tough, but like that, it's well, hard look, to compare. Marvel, but... Marvel doesn't have a multiverse where your fingers are hot dogs. Yeah. Okay? Like, yeah. So, you know, this these guys, what they did, what they what they sort of like um riffed on with the multiverse. And I again, I haven't seen any Marvel multiverse movies yet. There's only that but one. The, so, but but these guys riffed on like the singular human connection, family, and love through the multiverse. It is amazing. It's an amazing idea. Uh, it's an amazing idea for a story, and it sort of hasn't been told before in this way until now. And it's made specifically for a big screen theater experience. You have to go see it, it in was, IMAX uh, or, or at least just see it in a theater. It's like, it, it, it's so nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like those, and, and, like, and look, ahead. everybody has been saying the same thing. I, I haven't spoken to one person who's been like, yeah, that movie was meh. I, I just haven't. And, and, and I don't think that it's being, I don't think that all of these people are all prisoners of the moment. I think that, I think this movie does connect on such a, such a gut level that, uh, that, that people are just going to have a good feeling when they leave. And the way, the the way I described it when I left, I was like, it's like kill bill on multiverse steroids. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) that's like the, that's like the best way I can describe it. And like, some of the shots that they use, like, I don't want to like spoil anything, but like, when you look at the screen, sometimes uh, like the, the characters are bouncing between like universes, multiverses. And like, it looks like you're looking at broken glass and like one half of the screen is like one multiverse. And then the top, then the top half of the screen is another universe. And it's just like, I'm not gonna lie. I was so fucking high when I went to go see this movie, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like sweating. I was like, holy fuck, like this is crazy. Like, I, I I couldn't do that first first screening, but I'm gonna go back and 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 do it that way. Uh, and and look, while I was, I gotta admit, before I went in, I was like, everybody says this movie's fucking incredible. Like, how how fucking good could it be? And even when I left, I was just like, 
it's all right. Like, like, dude, I didn't text you right when I left. Yeah, I didn't even, that was surprised. I thought you hated yeah. it. Cause like, when yeah, you hit so, it. so, but, but honestly, I just, I was processing it for a long time and the days went on and I was just like, that's a pretty fucking goddamn good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how good were the, the space odyssey, like parallels they, they did on that, uh, like during yeah. some of the stuff, like it was just like that. And I love the scene where like, I'm not going to give away the characters, but they're both rocks. And like the only dialogue is like shown on the screen of them talking to each other. It's like the movie's funny. It has a ton of action. It's just like, it's interesting. It's just fucking nuts. And I don't, so I've actually been meaning to watch who's the directors. They call it, they go by Daniels. Daniels. And they directed a movie a couple of years ago called Swiss army man. I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah. With, um, with Daniel Radcliffe and Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh, it's also just mind bending and and completely unique and strange and and quirky. Um, yeah, I think you'll really like that one. I think you should I, get a hold of that one. Oh, I'm gonna get on to that. I got to do. Uh, I'm actually thinking about watching Top Gun tonight, and then I'm gonna go see Top Gun two tomorrow. As much as I despise putting money in Tom Cruise's pocket because he's a fucking well, cunt. Y- yeah, but I'm 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 gonna go. I'm gonna try to see Top Gun this weekend re- as well. Reviews are the reviews are like. They're the phenomenal. Good. Yeah, yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah I, know. I just know I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know, and like everybody is, everybody is talking about this movie like it's the second coming, and you know it. It it feels good this this point in time right now with everything everywhere, uh, even with Doctor Strange too, and now with Top Gun. Like, there's been a lot of positivity happening in movie theaters. People, People are getting back. Leaving. People, but but they're not just getting back; they're getting back, and they're seeing really, really, really good original movies. Yeah. And they're like they are like believing again that going to the cinema is like uh, can be a transformative experience. Uh, I think Top Gun two, and even <laughs> this trailer for Mission Impossible eight. I think that Tom Cruise is single handedly kind of <laughs> friggin' carrying the movie business on his back. Makes it's, me sick. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's great. And, you know, this 12 and a half minute standing ovation at Cannes this week for, a, 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 you know, a fucking for a Top Gun sequel. Uh, Is that what it got? Yes. No. Yes, it did. Wow. Wow. I should clarify it. Got a longer standing ovation than whatchamacallit that just got one there. Uh, I forget. I forget. There's another movie there that they fucking love right now. So I should clarify, I have seen Top Gun. I'm just going to rewatch it tonight. So I'm not like saying I'm just going to watch it for the first time. I obviously have seen yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. And, and honestly, I heard that Miles Teller is fantastic in it. We Good haven't deal. really seen, seen Miles Teller in a big movie in a long time. He's kind of just been in, he's been in like nothing but flops. I, I, I said like, I mean, even like Whiplash, incredible movie. Like in my opinion, one of the best movies of the last 15 years like awesome movie like that wasn't a big movie at all it didn't get buzzed till really the oscar season yeah 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 well it was a little tiny sundance movie and it got nominated for best picture and and when it did it it got buzzed the thing is he was gonna do that that kid's next two pictures and something happened fallout or something and uh both of those pictures went to ryan uh ryan gosling and they were like they're pretty successful uh so 
and and now he's doing the fucking offer, which is that piece of shit Godfather uh, <laughs> series. On that, looks, that looks. Have you watched that? Yeah. It looks terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I can't get enough of it. I can't oh, get enough of it. But is it is it uh, bad? It, bad? it is. It is. It is not only bad. It's all. It's all false and um, and irreputable. So I, this is kind of just devolved into us talking about the current state of movies, which is I really don't mind it. I like it. Have you seen? Uh, I, I uh, listened to a couple of podcasts. There's, I I don't know if it's in Norwegian. Um, I believe it is. It's called The Worst Person in the World. Of course, of course, it is You've a seen beautiful, it? beautiful movie. I've so people have been given that big hype. Like that's people are saying that's the best movie of the year, no doubt. Uh, well, it was it, it was nominated for Oscars last year. Yeah, and was and it really? Craig, yeah, and and Criterion's releasing a really nice Blu-ray this month, um, which is interesting because it fucking just came out and they're already it's already getting the Criterion treatment. It's a wonderful movie. It's really I'll have, beautiful. I'll have to watch that one because I honestly, like as I've gotten older, I, I've started to like really love uh, um, foreign language films. Like, did you see? Obviously, you saw another round with Mads Mikkelsen. I actually missed another round. I did not. No, see it. no, you yeah, gotta watch that. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah. so they're gonna try to adapt it, I guess, to English, and they sh- they really shouldn't. It's know, so good. Oh, it's such a good that. movie. I think they're doing it with Parasite too. Uh, why though like, like yeah why i mean the movie that you wanted the, the dude the, the version of parasite you want to see is the two-hour version by bong juno do you really want to watch an eight-hour I won't, parasite i no. won't watch no i yeah. won't watch it I, there, no. there's you're not getting better like parasite i think parasite that's a, is legit perfect it's that's a legitimate like, a a plus plus movie for me i, I know I, you you cannot make a better movie if you fucking tried i mean if you had endless resources people can't make better movies than that i saw that three and, times in theaters yeah 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 going i love it i remember you were completely captivated by it and um and and you know making these mini series i mean look they're just cash grabs obviously they did it with um, snowpiercer i won't watch and, that and, like, and, and they did it with snowpiercer too yeah <laughs> excuse me but um, no, what were we just talking about before Parasite and before Worst Person uh, in the World? Yes, yes. This is a movie you should see. Lisa and I went to, we saw it a few months ago in theaters. Um, just blew us away. It's just a beautiful movie. It's, it's, it's uh, the, the lead, I'm going to butcher her name. Her name is like uh, Renata Reinsev or something. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. She is wonderful. And then um, her boyfriend in the movie is played by a staple in the filmography of Joachim Trier. I, I probably butchered his name too, but um, Trier has made, this is the third installment in his Oslo trilogy. Um, and this gentleman I think has been in all, has been in both prior films. But this was a movie that is like, dripping and oozing with style and originality and it he's got the best taste in music the best taste in lighting aesthetic i mean it looks beautiful and the performances are like drop dead like the, she like she 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 wasn't nominated for best actor for some reason but nicole kidman was for uh for fucking you know being the ricardos i mean it's just you know the atrocity of well, this, the, for, of, the foreign language stuff just doesn't get enough love usually at the no it 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 doesn't um i think i think this one 
actually, no, this one didn't win best international film this year. I'm trying to think of what did. Um, oh, I forget. But there's another great international movie that came out last year called The Hand of God. Uh, that's an Italian movie, but we don't have to we don't have to go too deep into that. But it's it's great. So um, I'll, yes, I'll definitely I'm, watch. I'm, that, I'm glad yeah. that you found that. You should watch. You should check that out. Um, if people, really if people like it. this, if people like this segment, if we get good feedback, we should just stick on and just talk about current stuff after after we we kick off fucking blue collar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, and and what else currently is is going on? Um, The Black Phone is another movie I'd like to see with Ethan Hawke. It's a new Blumhouse movie. He's I feel like Ethan Hawke has been in like a shitload of stuff recently. Oh yeah. He yeah. just keeps I mean, making pumping out stuff. Like Yeah. Yeah. His 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 Northman his Northman role was like very small. It was five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um then the the other thing, um, what's I gonna say? Shit, I just completely lost what I was gonna. Oh, the thing I was disappointed about is that uh, the new Alex Garland movie got got waxed. Oh, it like, did. I, uh, I, would, I, I would like to see that. 40 percent um, on the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Alex Garland, but like uh, that must be tough. Did you watch Devs and and? Um, oh, I have. I have watched Devs. Uh, Devs was like. Devs is very, it's for a very like particular audience. Like it is a, when people call shows a slow burn, like this is like, yeah. Oh, like more than a slow burn. Like it is just, like it just, it takes forever to really get into it. But like, sweet, but it was a pretty good show. Like, but like Ex Machina is like, that's like, I consider that like one of my favorite movies. Like that movie's yeah, that's that is that is one of the best movies of the la- of that last of our prior decade, without a doubt. X-Mon I feel like, like not enough people have seen that too. Like and it's like, yeah, I remember when that movie came out. Um, that was a that was the one movie that I recommended to people who would text me to watch a movie for like an entire year. <laughs> was <laughs> was Ex Machina. Yeah, I know uh, because, Bob, Bob because it was small. Yeah, it was a small yeah. little movie that not a lot of people saw. Yeah, Bob had like made me watch that a couple of years ago, and like I just couldn't get enough of it. Honestly, it says anything eight twenty four. Like they're just like everything they put out is. I just love their stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean they're 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 taking risks on unique, interesting scripts, first time filmmakers, you know, big time filmmakers too. But they, you know, they're they're their breadth of voice at that company is humongous. So good for them. We hope we just keep getting more. I mean, they, they did men and it kind of, it's kind of sucks that it's not looking so hot, but I'm still going to go see that. Like there's no way that I'm not going to go see an Alex Garland movie with Jesse Buckley. Um, I missed annihilation for one reason or another. It just kind of bombed and came and went. Uh, and I also wanted to read the novel before I saw the book, uh, before I saw the movie and never got around to it. So I missed the movie. Uh, and then he went and did Debs. I got to see that. And now I'm definitely going to line up to go see Men, though. I'm definitely yeah, gonna I'll probably that. have to wait for that at 40%. So it's like 80% critic and 40% audience, which is like those movies are so hit or miss because it's like it, there's something that's good about it. But ge- like general audiences just hate it. So it's like, uh, yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I like my I, Garland's my boy, but I don't know if I'll uh, I don't know if I'll trek to the theater for that. All right. Well, we will see. We'll see what uh, you know. We'll see what comes of it. And look, this was this was good, Jyoti. You know, we uh, this turned out to be quite a fun punishment episode. Yeah, okay? this was good. I mean, to be honest, like, I ended up loving all the movies that I that we watched. So heck, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's normally, uh, I don't think it was the same experience you had with uh, Polly yeah, Shore's Pinocchio. You didn't, you didn't have to watch the Russian Pinocchio. Uh, you know, <laughs> and and I will uh, I will see you probably this week, maybe, when I'm, yeah. when I'm home uh, in Massachusetts. And uh, that'll be that. All right. Yeah. So here so we go. We'll, we'll be back next week with uh, Ant-Man and Civil War. We're going to close out Marvel strong. We got about halfway to go we have left yeah halfway we got 12 or 13 to go yeah probably yeah i think we're about 12 in 12 to go something like that maybe 13 in 12 to go something like that so we're getting into the good stuff there so we'll have more to talk about with that all right joe t we'll see you later all right we'll talk to you all right bye